Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Sex Sales Podcast, the podcast where a comedian chats to a very qualified person, a relationship therapist on all things gender, sex, dating, male slash female related. My name is Neil. I'm the comedian. I'm joined by Eliza. How are you going? I'm doing well. How are you? Oh, I'm great. Yeah. I, I... I've heard a rumor. A rumor? About you that you deleted your Twitter that's like, not a rumor. That's a, that's a, that's a cold hard it. fact. I have uh, deactivated my Twitter. I finally did it. I've always been talking about how I uh, just dislike the medium completely. Mm. I think it is toxic. <laughs> we can use that word, which we have to. And there was one post I made uh, a few weeks ago where I actually posted that photo of Harry Styles in a dress and I said, heterosexual female followers what do you think of this do you find it attractive if so what is attractive about it and if a man other than harry styles did it would it be attractive so it was all very inquisitive mm. very curious and i just got of, of course if you're dealing with uh, harry styles followers you're gonna get some rabid fans mm. and i got a bit of that i also got some people commenting with uh the sentiment of it's not about whether it's attractive to women it's about what people feel comfortable in and I understand the sentiment, but uh, look, granted, most people who replied to that were fine, but I just noticed my mental state for a good hour after that. It's not that I was traumatized or anything, but I was just in a bad mood. It's fuming. And that, yeah, well, I was frustrated. We'll mm. say that. And then that always happens every time I go on Twitter. Mm. I, I'm always, I never come away from Twitter feeling uplifted and positive. Even if I've seen something I agree with, it's more of a... Oh, good that they finally said something like that. Yeah. It's it's very rarely. Oh, I feel inspired. I feel touched. I feel uh, nourished by what I've just seen on Twitter. So eventually, I bit the bullet and thought, I don't need this. I did have twelve thousand followers, but on my other platforms, I've got at least a hundred thousand. Mm. So comparatively, it's a very small following well good on you for and recognizing that that's yeah, a, that's got rid a of good it. thing it's gone no i didn't know that it was so scandalous i feel like i've missed out yeah no you, you're missing out on negative me mental health if you get right okay, I mean, an addiction so i uh i also did find myself getting way too immersed in the culture wars and retweeting people who i agree with but were controversial and mm. uh then seeing things that they've quoted and getting as mad as they were and it just is a really uh it's a negative spiral downward to frustration and yeah i guess you could say i got triggered i got too triggered for, for, for twitter so i'm a snowflake <laughs> i'm a i'm a little crybaby snowflake who couldn't handle my mentions you are a man you have your boundaries and you thought hey this isn't this isn't working for me fuck that off that's that's self empowerment. Thank you. Uh, well, yeah, you can Let's, see it both ways. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I appreciate that. Thank you. Are you big on social media? As in, when I say big, are you do you find yourself spending a lot of time on um, social media? Do you ever feel like you're addicted? No, no, not social media. Like I only use it to message people. Like all my group chats are on Instagram, which is a really weird thing. How they've all come there. And I don't use it to like scroll through or like photos or comment. I never do any of those things. I don't. Po I post on my stories sometimes, but yeah, not too big. It's mainly just the chats. Like I can 
I will, if I left my phone for an, a day, I would get at least 200 messages because I'm in like 50 different group chats with girls that don't stop talking. But, mm. <laughs> but you know okay. what? I don't, I don't have to read every single message. But yeah, social media hasn't been a big thing for me. I do like Reddit though. Reddit. That's I love Reddit. Well, yeah. it sounds like you have a very healthy relationship with social media. I would say <laughs> I have a very toxic relationship with social because I quite literally need it. Yeah, that's I, right. It is my. It is. Uh, it is the backbone of my career. You have an anxious attachment to social I media. <laughs> really do because I. Uh, I love it. Well, I need it, yeah. but I also have times where I just hate it. Yeah. And I'm always coming back to it. I'm always undownloading, uh, deleting various apps on my phone, and then a few weeks later, no, oh, I need it. Yeah. No, I miss. I miss this app. Yeah. So, thinking about it that way, I really do have a toxic, uh, needy relationship with uh, with social media with it, my phone. It does evoke like a different kind of response. Like in the times when I was a teenager, that I was I don't know called out or someone said something mean about something to do with me on on my profile or social media it's a totally different kind of feeling that you get like I remember just feeling so sick that that was publicly posted or whatever like I couldn't imagine being in your position where that's just like you just get dickheads doing that every day anyway oh and I don't want people's I don't want people's sympathy or anything because Mm. I really get tired of influencers who uh, cry about how hard their life is because they had a few comments. Now, that's not to sort of degrade uh, some of the mental health that can occur from mm. like persisted bad comments, but some of these influencers are always, you know, they're missing the, the point that their life is amazing, right? I have mm. the best life. I have the best job. I can work whenever I want. I have access to my fans mm. and followers and uh, I can do what I want. I don't answer to anyone. And the one negative side to my job is, is okay, I get some idiots trolling me on mm. various apps. That's so minor in the grand scheme of things. Like anyone would kill to be in my position. So I think um, when I hear, you know, of YouTubers and influencers and Instagram stars uh, complaining about, you know, it's, oh, it's tough being online all the time. It's tough uh, having to stay in the spotlight and things like that. Look, I understand it to a certain degree, but I also think they need to look at the bigger picture mm. and probably need to get a bit of perspective about how great their job is. Yeah, true. True. Yeah. But on that note, we are on that little me opening up there. We're going to talk about, uh, we've done a podcast, I think our second, third or fourth podcast very early on, which mm. was, was about men opening up. But yes. we wanted to do one. Um, on a very similar topic, but getting to the nitty gritty of how a man should open up, what does it mean to actually be emotionally vulnerable? And then also we hear the term toxic masculinity thrown around a lot and I've always had my uh, my uh, qualms about its precise definition, but I don't want to get into the semantics of that. I'd like to sort of get your perspective about uh, some of the new cultural norms mm-hmm. uh, that are occurring, at least on uh, on social media, where men are uh, sort of throwing away some of these old perceived old ideals and adopting newer, um, gentler, kinder ideas yeah. of uh, what it means to to be a man, but also mm-hmm. to to be masculine. Uh, and I have a lot to say on all of that. Uh, but I want to hear your take on it. Where do you think, at least f- from when you've been conscious about it, so say 10, 15 years, do you think the ideal man 
that persona has changed? Do you think uh, many of the things men have to live up to or that are perceived as attractive in, in Western society at least? Mm. Um, do you think they've changed? Do you think they've evolved? And do you think they're always changing and evolving? Because I think I made this point on a previous podcast where you go back to the 70s and the 80s and you look at some of uh, you know, like David Bowie or some of the rock stars, they all yeah. have long hair and skinny yeah. jeans and they're anti-war and they're talking about love and kindness and humanity. So uh, I don't think this is a, a, a very new phenomenon, but uh, I want to uh, hear your thoughts on the, on the matter. I think that it's a continuous ebb and flow throughout time of, of what is deemed, I guess, attractive or trendy for, for men and masculinity as is the same for women as well. But I think that, you know, with social media, it can kind of hone in on specific trends that make it look bigger than what it is. Like back in 2013, it was like super in to be like a scene kid yeah. or something or emo and have like the men would have straight fringes and eyeliner but realistically that was a very small percentage of men but it just kind of got hyped up on uh what was it it wasn't myspace what's tumblr yeah 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 and so that was like kind of the thing but i think it's a good thing um that these trends kind of change and and it doesn't necessarily mean that you know at the moment it might be fashionable for guys to be attractive wearing dresses but it doesn't mean every single guy is going to start wearing dresses or that every woman will find that attractive it might end up still being one percent of the male population kind of thing yeah we'll be doing that um but yeah i don't know like i have seen kind of some funny videos going viral at the moment of like buff guys being like bring back the days when we were hot like where have they gone now it's these skinny noodle boys in their words (laughs) sometimes (laughs) that's that's how i feel too yeah Look, it's not easy to be buff. You just spent six years getting you, you, here. It's it's easy to just chuck on a dress, right? Yeah. It's not easy to uh, you know add twenty kilos of muscle yeah. to a to a small frame. So yeah. <laughs> I understand the frustration. Um, I was thinking about this. So this has all sort of been instigated by a Vogue cover of Harry Styles in a dress, and it mm. was controversial on social media and really it's i think a distraction there are so many bigger issues it's really funny yeah. how we talk about something as simple as a famous man and he's sort of a bit past his prime now anyway <laughs> that's brutal oh well, you know he's not as famous <laughs> as he was Is isn't he? he i don't know i feel like he's he's an icon he's, he'll never everyone will always yeah know style, i feel like he's but... getting bigger with like older crowds now like before it was like 16 year old girls now it's like just all girls well those 16 year old girls are now 26 so whoops i wonder if the 16 year old girls today are obsessing over oh yeah because the way the what he's done is like the peak of that age it's trend i guess Mm. but it is like shocking how controversial that has become but like we've been sending videos well i've been sending you videos of men in dresses before that even came out so i feel like it's kind of been he didn't start the trend it kind of it started this the controversy and it's out of the conversation, but it has been kind of creeping in for a, a little bit of some time now. Like I remember when um, Will Smith's son, is it Jay or Jaden? Jaden yeah. Smith, Jay Smith or whatever. He started releasing music a few years ago and he has been wearing skirts and dresses this whole time. Um, and as with a lot of other straight male guys just here and there, but um, it was never kind of deemed weird or inappropriate but now that it's kind of caught wave and become a trend it it is everyone's talking about it i feel like it's 
it's not that surprising when pop stars or people yeah. in, the, in the music and art and fashion world do things like that. It's what would be really notable would be if it becomes a, a popularized fashion trend. So you start seeing yeah. men on the street, just mm. your classic man's man <laughs> suddenly in a dress. And <laughs> yeah. that's when I think it will be really notable. But I I think this is this has happened before. Like I was saying in the in the seventies and eighties there were a lot of pop stars that were wearing a lot of makeup and, and, mm. and jewelry and things that were classically feminine, but they were doing it in an artistic way that was appealing to a yeah. lot of women. There were there were <laughs> thousands of uh, women screaming for them at their concerts. So yeah. it's very attractive to 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 them. Um just broadly speaking about this you know, you know toxic masculinity again i was i was thinking about this the other day and something that you said to me a few weeks ago it's always stuck to me i, I always sort of knew it but i've 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 tried to think about it a bit more which is that women are attracted to something when it makes them feel a certain way mm. so it's not about uh concepts or just specific behaviors which is the way men think about things on yeah. on average we tend to sort of com- compartmentalize yeah. and, and list things and and it's all very uh logical and, and rigid and like do this <laughs> and then this will happen yes but um what i think i'm understanding a little bit better is that perspective i think because mm. that was always my my thing and i've always talked about this on my other podcast as well where i just don't know what toxic masculinity means i even read a clementine ford book and i still don't really know what it means mm. but i just i get the sense that it's not about a, a specific dictionary definition yeah. of this phrase it's more okay how do certain behaviors that some men participate in make some of us feel yeah and it can make people feel really uncomfortable and i think with the with the sort of awareness now about um historical differences in the way men and women were perceived people are associating i guess traditional masculinity with uh the traditional position of women as subordinate mm. and and subjugated and so when you see someone a man who may be uh you know showcasing those sorts of traits that rem- that are a reminder of maybe what things used to be or 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 a, a fight that still needs to be going uh then i can see why that's not attractive why that is mm. uh not necessarily hurtful but frustrating and 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 it and it it may come across like okay this is a culture that doesn't include women that 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 is um isn't uh in, in <laughs> lacks kindness mm. and uh, is uh, domineering and almost abusive. Whereas I think for a lot of men, when they think of masculinity, they don't think of it as this kind of uh, uh, oppressive, patriarchal, um, powerful stance uh, to to usurp power from women or something like that. They see it as the man who is um, providing for his family, for his wife, for his kids. He's uh, he's the giver. He's mm. the sort of the, the the benevolent husband that is uh, working from five a.m. to five p.m. just so he can put food on the table. And mm. that to them is, uh, I think, what 
they when they hear the term toxic masculinity that those sorts of behaviors that or even just something like working at the gym or mm. working really hard on a business all these behaviors that are so they're difficult it's 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 not easy when you are feeling upset and you do want to have a day off but you want to put food on the family for your for your children and, yeah. and for your wife and um you want to take care of them and it's a it's it's paternalistic but it's not oppressive it's a it's a sort of caring masculinity that a lot of men perceive uh as when they hear the term masculinity and and you think about other behaviors like i, I don't know just participating in contact sports or something like that all of these take so much discipline and and fortitude mental fortitude as well as physical fortitude and and you know you have to strive to meet these um these goals that aren't easy uh, or it could even be starting a business or whatever it may be all of this sort of behavior is also sort of tacitly associated with the concept of of masculinity and also the mm. this idea that men have to be the provider and and sort of powerful in that sense and these are really hard things i can tell you from yeah. personal experience you know it's not easy to consistently work out and achieve those results it's not easy to well, I haven't done this, but I can imagine, I can only imagine it's not easy if you are the sole breadwinner of the mm. family to, and you're working a blue-collar job and, you know, you got to wake up at 5 a.m. every day for the rest of your life and if your back's sore, tough it out. It's for yeah. your family. You know, you gotta, you got to work really, really hard and that's where I think there's this outpouring of anger and animosity when those behaviors are uh, perceived as though they're being attacked whereas i think from the woman's perspective it's no certain behaviors men do are part of this pervasive culture that has always seen women as lesser and so when we see uh the man who is um castigating the other man for being sensitive and wearing a dress we see that as um a man who wants to keep women down and wants to be controlling and uh it doesn't obviously it doesn't make you feel <laughs> very good and wouldn't be attractive. So I guess that's my two cents uh, or my take. What, yeah. do you, what do you think about that? I can hear in your voice that this is something that's very like dear to you or or personal maybe. Like it's you're you. It sounds like it's something important to you. Would you agree? It's been significant over mm. the last few few weeks. Um, or months even, mm. because yeah, well, these sorts of issues are really interesting to me. Yeah, so for sure. it's um, it is a big part of the modern culture wars, if you will. Yeah, and I do find myself sometimes getting a bit frustrated at and 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 having that typical reaction of oh, just shut up you don't you know you need to mm. like, it's so easy to wear a dress or whatever like, yeah what yeah. about those men who are you know going and doing those really tough jobs and yeah. working and, and they're doing it but they're not doing it from a place of i want to be a bully or something like that they're doing it from a place of uh i want to care for people i want to uh, strive for these goals and, and mm. be ambitious and I think that people fall into the kind of understanding that to toxic masculinity is about kind of shaming these ultra masculine or manly men that you know go wood chopping and shit like that or um thinking to me it's never actually been about how it's a 
like suppressing women or, or putting down women. To me, toxic masculinity is like a, a culture, a belief, a societal movement or understanding that it is not okay for men to be able to express themselves, be vulnerable, open up, mm. um, do things that are deemed outside of these, you know, three extra masculine traits, be fit, like be masculine, look good, provide for your family and be buff kind of thing. If you're not doing any of those things, then you're not a man. And I think that that's, that understanding is toxic masculinity mm -hmm. that, you know, you might be playing a game of footy, cool, awesome. And then someone, you know, breaks his arm and instead of being like, oh man, you okay? You're like, get up, you fucking pussy. Like that kind of is yeah. this belief of where it's come from. It's like shaming men for being emotional, shaming men for being vulnerable, shaming men for being opening up. And it's not a culture that is brought on by men. Mm. Like you and I have discussed this a lot that it's women kind of cultivate this as well. And we've seen women shame men for being open and, and doing these things. And, you know, Harry Styles and Address, some women are loving it and going, yes, that's so hot, so sexy, a man doing whatever the fuck he wants, yes. And then other women are like, no, this is disgusting. This is, like, perverted. This is mm -hmm. shameful. Bring back men being men kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> That's, like, the slogan or something about it. Um, but, you know, that, that Harry Styles thing is such a good example of toxic masculinity that he's being shamed by so many men for wearing a dress and it's like become this visceral like defensiveness yeah, of almost like you that. you wearing a dress is challenging my own masculinity kind of thing like how dare you and think about the impact this is going to have like what about the future what about the kids we're going to start letting men wearing the dress like hello think about fucking climate change or something yeah like, i don't understand it i totally agree with that and i i that's Maybe it didn't come across very effectively, but I think that's the point I'm 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 trying to get across. Where that sort of defensiveness from a lot of men is this this perception that their behaviors that they're working really hard towards mm. are being shamed, and of course you'd react defensively if yeah. that was a, if every day say you're trying to be buff, you're trying to you know forego your feelings to. Um, uh, live out the be the best life you you subjectively possibly can. Yeah, and then someone saying mm, that's you're toxic. Then yeah, you're going to be like, shut up! Like you do yeah. what I do. You you do the jobs I'm doing. You yeah. go and like work out and break your back and do the stuff yeah. I'm doing right. But I also then understand like that's that can be a very different perceptive difference, right? So, mm. um, that. Those ideals and and this premise that men are shamed if they open up and they if they're emotional, I don't think that exists in a void. I think throughout time, that would have been a very effective culture mm -hmm. because even just a hundred years ago, right? There's no so there wasn't the same social safety net that we have today. Mm -hmm. Ninety nine percent of jobs were physical. Yeah. There were wars. Um, there wasn't the medical care that we have today. We don't even have the we wouldn't have had the psych psychological understanding that we have today. If you go back hundreds of thousands of years, and mm. we're all just living in tribes, and then there are predators everywhere, and if you're injured or something, versus if if two men get the same, two cavemen have the same injury, and one sitting there moping about it, whereas the other one's like, no, I've got to go and still hunt and you know provide for yeah. my offspring. That's a culture that's going to win out. So that's where that culture has 
come from, where it's evolved. And I think um, it's really simplistic. Uh, some of the rhetoric where it's just sort of this adage of just open up, just 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 talk about your feelings. It's um, a bit more complex than that, I think. I, I, yeah. I think that this has sort of really evolved over time. And there's st- in many ways, I think uh, there are times when you do need to um, be in control of your feelings. So mm-hmm. uh, I think we, we need to look at situations on a case-by-case example. Well, I think yeah. there are times where there are a lot of uh, overly emotional men, mm. but then there are times where there are men who probably need to speak about it a little bit more. For sure. Well, first of all, you know, I think that men, I don't think that men are being as much, or if they are, they shouldn't be, but men shouldn't be shamed for going to the gym or, or doing these contact sports. I don't really think that that's being called out so I, much. And again, yeah. I, I just want to really quickly make a point there. I I, I know, I know it's yeah. not actually being called out, but that's how it's often perceived. perceived. It's, yeah. it's not that specific behavior, but yeah, that general culture of uh, I'm going to be tough, I'm going to be, you know, yeah. work towards certain yeah. goals. But that's how it's perceived. But I, I totally know yeah. that it's not really what's being called yeah, out. Yeah, because you can be, you know, super ultra masculine and have, you know, absolutely no toxic traits. Like to use like very cliche celebrity like i think of like hugh jackman like buff works out but at the same time he's very empathetic compassionate great emotional intelligence kind of thing so Mm -hmm. by doing these things it doesn't mean you know you're you're too toxic because you exercise but i do agree that um you know in hunter and gathering times that being like that proactive fight or flight kind of thing you know things Traumatic things happened all the time back then. You Mm. got bitten by a mosquito dead within 14 days, whatever. And, you know, it's more important to be like, okay, look, I got to put this shit aside and I got to, I got to go get some food. I got to go hunting. I got to build this hut, whatever. Mm. And that's kind of been biologically, you know, it's in our blood. It's, it's how we've evolved from that because those, those are the people that we've all stemmed from because the people that sat and cried about it would more likely die. And unfortunately, their lines of heritage would have died with them kind mm. of thing. But in this day and age, you know, we don't have those kind of – we don't need to survive against those things anymore. The things we need to survive against, the biggest killer that we have at the moment is stress. Yeah. And how do we – holding in your emotions and not expressing them only exacerbates stress. It doesn't help, like, with that emotional well-being is the biggest predator that we have Mm -hmm. in in this society. So that's why I'm kind of like on that team of men need to open up and they need to express themselves and women need to give and allow that space as well as men without shaming it or making it as something that is embarrassing. And, you know, the same thing, I agree that there are going to be people that kind of are just constantly whining and crying and blah, blah, blah. But we don't go and say that about women. We don't go say, well, but we should be careful about some women opening up because there's going to be women that sit there very, very emotional, which there are, Mm. but it's the same across genders. There's always going to be, you know, those people that do sit and complain about everything, regardless of male, female. It's a fair point. Yeah, kind of thing. But because it's a man, we're a bit more like, hmm, that makes me uncomfortable. And that in itself is a very little toxic masculinity seeping through. It's a a fair point. Yeah, if you hear a woman complaining and being particularly emotional, it's still, I think, a negative trait. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You don't think. Women need to shut up with their emotions. (laughs) Yeah, you would. You would. You wouldn't be as surprised. Yeah. 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 Um, 
Yeah, okay. Well, yeah, I totally agree with you. I I think uh, emotional intelligence is something that needs Mm. to uh, be spoken about a lot more in in the culture scape and social intelligence and these other forms of IQ, EQ, (laughs) these sorts of things. Um, All right, well, what does that look like? What does opening up and talking about your feelings look like? Because a lot of the comments you see on, on Facebook posts, and even I've read articles about this, is that every time men do feel like they've been vulnerable and they've opened up or uh, things of that nature, they, yeah, they get shamed for it Mm. or they at least don't get what they think they were hoping to achieve from that. And I know I can, you know, attest to that. Yeah. So what does that look like? Say you're in in a relationship or you're single and you are feeling down, upset, depressed and there's such a range of emotions as well so it's very hard to just say okay Mm. this is this is the these are the steps you need to take to address these emotions but maybe just broadly speaking um yeah how how does a man open up and and be vulnerable i think that if it's not like your kind of natural state to instantly open up and be very expressive when you're getting into the habit of it, I would suggest that you should initially open up to someone that you think is going to respond well to that. Yeah. Um, someone that you think is going to not shame you for that because the second, if it's the first time you do it and someone shames you, you're not going to want to do it again. So go to someone that you know is going to kind of be more supportive and nurturing, whether that's your mom or your girlfriend or a friend that you know. It doesn't have to be a girl. It can be a guy or anyone that you think is going to kind of support you. And then once you have that kind of response from that person that is something that is, you know, helpful and nurturing, you know, there, there's a reason why we say name it to tame it. Talk about it and half of the, half of the burden is gone. Mm. Um, it's so important to everything you keep stored within you is just festering. And, you know, there's a lot of things that link stress and, and those kind of emotional negativities to cancer and illness and back pain and all those things, headaches, because yeah. we're holding it in and we're not expressing it. It's also why, you know, men have much higher rates of like, suicide and um and and significant mental health as well Mm. so it's so important that we we do kind of cultivate this you know make it okay to talk about it but yeah like i said talk about it with someone that first initially that you feel that you can open up to that isn't going to shut that down talk about it with you know a professional um and if you're in a relationship and someone is kind of um like shaming you for it. Like, for example, I know a guy that he started up, you know, that website, it's like meetup.com and you can put in like your interests, like hiking or mm. pottery or something. And then there's like a bunch of 30, 40 people per group and you go meet up somewhere in Sydney and you talk about your interests or you do your interests together. That's a nice idea. Yeah. That's cool. Um, and it's not for dating. It's just for like, I want to find friends that have the same like interests as me. And yeah. some people are locals and some are travelers, whatever. And this guy I know wanted to make friends. So he joined one of these meetup things. Um, but his girlfriend was like shaming him so much for that being like, well, like that's kind of embarrassing. Like it's kind of cringe. You're going out and like meeting these like strangers and like, and can't you make friends on your own? Like that kind of thing. Like, I feel like she was threatened by him going out and being social. So she was kind of projecting that. Anyway, regardless of that, he was like, what do I do? Like, what do I say? I don't want to do it anymore. And I was like, you need to ask her, like, Susan, what makes you uncomfortable about me going and doing rock climbing with other people? 
Why is that making you angry? Why does that make you feel like it's cringe? You know, put it back onto that person, like Bethany or whatever your name is, Rebecca. Why, why does it make you turned off if I express myself? Why is it, you know, making you frustrated if I tell you I have a bad day? Do you need me to be okay all the time? Like, do you need me to constantly be the same emotion? Like, what, how can I express myself to you? Kind of put it back onto them to have cause them to self-reflect in a very calm and neutral way. Because I do know that in relationships and I had friends of my own be like, ooh, if I saw my husband cry, that's so disgusting. And I've been so shocked by that, but it's common, unfortunately. And I'm like, why? How, why are you allowed to cry and he can't? And she'll be like, well, because he's the man. It's not what men do. I've never seen my dad cry. Like, and I'm like, yeah, but your dad was an aggressive man that really hurt your mom a lot and he's very unhappy now. Is that how you want your husband to be? Like, why not let him have a cry if he needs to? Yeah, that's a, that's a really good thing to do, to call it out. Yeah. That's great. Just that's, calm I and neutral. I... Uh, just talking from my personal experiences, when you're in a situation where someone is making you feel bad about being vulnerable, mm. you're not exactly in the calmest headspace to say, Susan, how does me yeah. being vulnerable make you feel? It generally yeah. uh, transcends to heated exchanges. So true. In my yeah. personal experience, at least, you know, I had a girlfriend where I sort of opened up to her and told her a few things I was uh, a bit insecure about. And then she, um, a few months later, she said, yeah, I didn't notice those things about you before. Now I do. And yeah, I'm just really turned off by them. Yeah. And it just kills you. Like yeah. nothing kills you more than when you hear those insecurities push back on you. And then, then they're, they're also insecurities for them as well. Mm. But I've since realized when, uh, if you're overtly insecure about something, other people may not really notice it or care, but yeah. once they see you're insecure about it, then they may notice it a yes. lot more. So I've read that and mm. understood that. But at the time, you know, that was horrific. Like, uh, I don't want to go into personal stories, to be mm. honest, but um, it wasn't nice mm -hmm. at all. And it just makes you more vulnerable. It does. It just makes you more insecure and what a shitty response to that i've had the exact same thing happen to me and my god did it first of all made that one insecurity 10 times worse but it made me feel so shit actually i had a friend recently she broke up with um a boyfriend and she said to me that he was the first person she had spoken to about i didn't even know what it is but some issue that she has like some esteem issue kind of thing and yeah. he was really supportive and nurturing anyway so they broke up and she met with him for coffee a few weeks ago and he was like, yeah, like you're way too, that thing you issue you have with like, you were way too obsessed with it. Like you were so insecure. It was kind of a turn off. Like, so, and then it kind of just shattered her. Like she was like, so was that like a false kind of proclamation of nurturing and support, but, or even just being called out for it initially and being like, oh yeah, now that you say that, like you do have like really gross chin or something yeah. like, of course, that's going to make you feel shit. And that's nothing on – it's hard not to take those things personally and take it in. But I think that, you know, with with age and relationship experiences and having those boundaries within yourself, 
like one thing I learned when when I had a boyfriend do that to me at first I was shattered and then later a few years later I had another boyfriend do that and I was just looked at him and I was like that's so pathetic Mm. that you would do that or say that like what a shitty person you are yeah peace out it shouldn't be yeah if if it's if it's combative yeah that's not a relationship that's a competition exactly it's a Um, reflection on them that's what a lot of people will say when when they're insecurities are spoken about then it's used as ammunition against them mm. in an argument or something like that yeah that's pretty it's, yeah. it's it's horrible but it happens all the time i mean if i look back on every single argument i've ever had i've probably done it i think when we get into that fight or flight situation we just think up all sorts of things and try to hurt For the sure. other person so there is a very uh human reality that's going on here and there are still a lot of those like like we were talking about earlier the biological urges people have to see the strong uh provider male as very attractive and Mm. and 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 appealing but is that necessarily suited to today's uh world and there are some trades that are still suited to today's world but there are also others that may not be yeah i um was uh can talk about something else. I'm just, yeah. So I was always. I made a video about this a few months ago, but I've never had that expectation to be manly thrust right. upon me. My dad was actually quite sensitive, mm. and my mom did a lot of the stereotypically manly things in the house. She wanted to be a carpenter for a while Wow! and she builds a lot of things and yeah. she's got got all the if i need a tool i go to my mom that's <laughs> and, so and cute borrow it that. from her so i grew up in a household where not i didn't have those those stereotypes yeah i didn't really see a man as having to be tough and strong in fact i kind of thought that was stupid yeah and i laughed at it in the same way i see a lot of people seeing it as stupid and laughing at it now at least Mm. on social media um but what happened is uh then i think you can you can go too far the other way where it's not that i was ever shamed for speaking about my feelings or anything like that but then i guess uh, later in my teens and earlier in my 20s um i just thought it was sort of normal or not even normal but a a sign of courage to to be really vulnerable in front of a girl and and yeah and and Mm. i'd cry in front of girlfriends and things and uh more often than not that then uh it it then came out that yeah it was perceived as very unattractive and um you know you're you're a bitch or things like that Mm. are thrown thrown out and I think you start to realize ideally you should be at a point with yourself and and your self-worth where you're on top of a lot of these insecurities and you're you're dealing with them um not just personally but you're not you're not thrusting it upon a romantic partner for them to have to deal with Mm. baggage per se yeah that's the ideal situation would Mm. you would you agree so if someone's got a lot is is a, you know has a lot of psychological mm. things to to deal with or that they can deal with they shouldn't actually be getting into 
romantic relationships or if they do they should sort of make the other person aware of some of those yeah things. for sure it depends on what the kind of psychological issues are because we do know that sometimes romantic relationships can be the single most effective way to heal from those issues that's true but depending highly depending on what it is but i also think that there needs to be a lot of kind of education and knowledge for that partner on dealing with or not dealing with but supporting someone that has severe trauma or or even living with someone with adhd those kind of things like Mm. there needs to be education if you're if you're the person that is kind of the consistent secure person Mm. we need to be educated on how can we support our partner because sometimes if i was dating you and you had you know very complex trauma and history of mental health and i've i've done something and i said oh i was i'm gonna go pick you up um some cake today and then i go out and meet a friend and i forget and then you i come home without the cake and you like throw your cup against the wall and you scream at me being like you broke the fucking promise about the cake how dare you like like you losing your shit and i'm like oh my god this guy's psycho by like really you're not actually yelling at me like you're projecting something from your past of of you know consistent adults you know breaking promises to you and not being able to trust people and putting so much worth onto trust and therefore it's important for me as that partner to know this isn't really about me Mm. this is something that you need me to be in this space with you for kind of thing but i think that you know when you talk about your experiences of speaking to girls opening up and crying and, and they've shut that down, I really, truly believe that that's something that definitely happens between the ages of, you know, whatever to 21, 22, even 25 of women. But 30-year-old women will be like, yes, <laughs> like, thank you. That is a man because they've probably learned, uh, they've had enough relationship experience then to realize that, it's, it's a beneficial thing. And, you know, when I think of like a man, I don't think of kind of so much about um, or like when I think of like masculinity and things, I don't think so much about the look of it or, or the actions he's doing. Like I think a lot about actually I think a lot about um, this is weird to say, but my ex-boyfriend's dad, like to me, mm. I kept I'd always think like he's a man. And because he was he was very um just a normal looking man, liked his exercise, whatever, but he was, he was very um, successful in his business and, and he had all his, you know, fancy cars and very like the big house. That's not what made me think he was a man. Mm-hmm. But what made me think he was a man was, my God, did he work so hard, but he was so supportive to his family and in, in their household the husband and the wife, they run the house together. It wasn't kind of like mum rules the roost or dad rules the roost. No, it's it's the they were such a team and he was always so affectionate to her. He'd always kiss her on the cheek, put his arm around her being like, look how beautiful my wife is kind mm. of thing. And he'd grab his, uh, well, my ex-boyfriend, he'd grab his, you know, 26, 25-year-old son, give him a kiss on the cheek and be like, you're beautiful. Like, you're such a good man. Like that kind of building his son up in that way to me was so beautiful. And I think that's like the ideal picture of a man that you can be like, you know, I think you're like, son, I think you're so smart. Like you're a handsome boy. Like I'm very proud of you to speak like that and to look after your family. Like those are the kind of things that um, to me, uh, masculine, it was anything about how he looked or his fancy cars and the big house or whatever. Like it was nothing to do with that. It was kind of just the way that he was, supporting everyone and being so empathetic like there'd be times i go over and i'd have cramps and he'd be like oh 
that's that's like that's the worst you poor thing like yeah. should i get a cup of tea out kind of thing and i'm like oh my gosh that's beautiful like i love that see it's interesting you say that because then there's there seems to be a disconnect with the the messaging on social media because that's the sort of man that i think everyone yeah. who would be criticizing the uh constant inundation of toxic masculinity being criticized uh, they would agree with you. Mm. They would think that that man who's got his shit together, if you will, is successful, has found his passion, loves his family, mm. wants to support his family, wants to care for them, but also will put boundaries in, in yeah. place and will uh, support his his wife and his children, uh, lead when he needs to lead, but then also uh, support uh, his his wife leading when she needs to lead and uh, mm. just depending on the situation, yeah. that's the sort of image of a man that many people on, I guess, the, the right or the conservative mm. side of the culture wars would also aspire to. I think there's this caricature that it's this gun-toting, yeah. uh, overly buff uh, brute that just looks at a woman and doesn't care about whether she says yes or no and just says, I want to fuck her or yeah. something. That's a... That's a look. Stereotypes don't fall out of the sky. I'm sure there would be some men who have those sorts of traits, and they'd be more likely to be on that side of the debate. But it's a caricature. Yeah. I, I don't know anyone like that. Even men who exhibit a traditionally masculine traits, they're not like that. In yeah. my experience, I feel like it's more like it's like a Venn diagram, and that yeah. that bit that we've agreed on is the middle bit. But the toxic side would be that, yeah, you know, let's let's get the house. Let's have the happy wife. Let's keep up be- children, you know, beautiful and educated. Like, we'll be so happy. But then it's the kind of, you know, son, don't talk to me about your feelings. That's not how men work, that kind of thing. Like, no, 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 don't, don't you cry. That's not okay. Mm. Not in this house. I don't want to see tears. Whereas the other side would be like, let the kid express himself. We know how good that is for emotional development and millions of studies have been done that show that kind of thing. Mm. But we both have the shared kind of understanding of this is this is masculine. However, there's there's kind of like these confusions on both sides. On one side, the toxic masculinity side, there can be confusions that think all masculinity is bad. And then on the other side, it's this um, confusion kind of maybe that we're shaming men for being hard workers or going to the gym. No, we're not shaming that. We're shaming you from stopping someone from expressing themselves or not allowing a gender to be vulnerable and and, and self-expressive. So I think that there's kind of these shades of a, a confusion almost on both sides, but really mm. it's about this is what we know to be the most fulfilling for someone's life. Why not just allow them to do it? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah I'm in yeah. total agreement with yeah. you there. Uh, I wonder how how bad is it really, this 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 culture of you're not allowed to express your emotions. I'm obviously a product of, of my environment. I mm. never have really had that except from some later relationships, if anything. Mm. I never had my uh, my family say anything like that. Yeah, some of the boys at, at school would throw out the usual slurs. Yeah. Uh, and I'd probably participate yeah. as well. And I can see how some of, some of those uh, uh, would have a, a connotation that a man who showed feminine uh, traits is lesser. So, mm. you know, oh, you're a faggot or you're a bitch or you're a pussy, pussy. and all that sort yeah. of thing. 
but at the same time, just coming back to my my previous point, does that really exist? Is there a man who sees his son crying, saying, "Shut up, you're being a girl"? I mean, I I'm sure it does exist, but yeah, how? I think it's is, very is that common. Really, I think it's very okay. embedded in maybe not so much in the inner West Sydney and like North Shore Sydney kind of crowds that we're yeah. in for our age, but outside of us, it's massive and it's very common. And I would like say that really? you know, working with um, families and in particular dads a lot. Um, I do find, you know, th- therapeutically, the reasons most of the clients come for support is either, you know, t- trauma or abuse. Um, and the third one being an inability to express themselves or being shamed for, you know, the choices that they want to be. Like, for example, shame for wanting to be gay, shame for wanting to be an artist, not a doctor, those kind of things, like not being able to express themselves and live their life the way that they want to live it. And like I posted something on um, my Instagram the other day. It was like a page from a book and it was kind of about like how, you know, in your 20s, you're so, you desire so much to, to fit in and be respected and same with your 30s. But in your 40s, you know, when you, you, you're kind of settled and your, age, your looks are going, you kind of start to be like, well, you know what? fuck this, like, I'll, I'm just going to live life a little bit and I want to, and by the time you're in your 60s and 70s, you're so liberated because you're so free. And anyway, the idea of this is that no one cares about you that much. Like, and if they do, <laughs> fuck that person. Like, that's on them. Like, if someone's going to be so offended if you're a man and you're wearing heels, like, that person's the dickhead, not you kind mm. of thing. And this is like this whole debate about the Harry Styles wearing the dress. So many people are so offended by it. And I'm like, why? Like, how does it affect you? You know, you're talking about this is the way that it's been for me. This is what I've been taught. Well, you need to be able to challenge your own beliefs. And if you're talking about I'm worried about the future, if this is like, you know, if this is we're going to allow men to do this, what about the children of the future as you are holding your iPhone, watching porn in one hand and the other hand, you're eating a beef burger that took 3,000 litres of water to produce? Like, how are you helping the future, Bob? Like, you know, Mm. kind of the man in the dress is the least of our worries. (laughs) I don't think Harry wearing the dress is... is, is, uh, the act in itself, people are offended by mm. that. I think the ideological representation, yes, which is symbolised by Harry wearing the the dress, is what people are upset by. Yeah. So what I was talking about earlier, where a lot of people will perceive it as their way of life being attacked, which is a way of life that isn't always entirely toxic and and has a lot of uh, great values, I would say. But mm. there are some what you could call toxic values that maybe closer associated to that uh, more altruistic masculinity than it is to say, well, I don't even know what you'd call... Because I made that comment to you, right? I, I said, well, if it's that e- it just if it's that easy, if all it takes is just, okay, you wear a dress and you, and you cry, like, every yeah. man would do it. Then yeah, exactly. That's what it takes to be attractive to women. Yeah. Um, it's just a lot more nuanced than that. I yeah. think it, it's not that people see Harry in a dress, but it's this, uh, this, the, there's this feeling that the, the cultural elites are um, talking down to, to, well, to men and to men who exhibit traditionally masculine traits. I'm not saying I agree mm. with them, I'm just trying yeah. to put myself yeah. in their position. Yeah. 
and when there's the Gillette ad, there's the Harry Styles mm. in a dress, and then there's so every day on social media you see something about how um, men are this way, men need to be better like this, men need to do this differently. I mean, it's mm. almost like this collective nagging, mm. and after a while you, you just shut it off and you think, just shut up, all right, like yeah. let me live my life. Um, well, that's what I think the men in the dresses are trying to say because – before I came here, I was watching all the YouTube videos of people commenting on this. And I was watching the ones where it was about the people that are pissed off about the dress yeah. thing. And from not that they were verbalizing this, but the, the kind of analysis I took from it is that, you know, their belief system is being challenged and that makes people uncomfortable. It's like this is a bad thing to reference because I know most people are against this, but you know, like for example, veganism, so many people shame veganism where really the point of veganism is to provide, you know, less cruelty towards animals and more improvements to the environment really are good things, but Mm. people hate that. Like it's kind of this, when we get things challenged, it makes us uncomfortable, especially things of categories that we fall into. Like no one is saying, okay, he's wearing a dress. So now every single man here wear a dress or you're not attractive. Like really doesn't even come down to like whether or not it's attractive and things like that. That's what all these women, these American women all over YouTube are making these videos being like, I don't find this attractive. This is disgusting. This is perverted. Like, honey, who cares about what you find attractive? Like, he's not doing this to seduce you. He's just let let him live his life the way he wants. And like, I think it's okay to think, oh, I wouldn't do that, you know, different strokes, different folks kind of thing. And, you know, if that floats your boat, you do you, Harry. But I think it's the kind of men, men are coming forward now being like, no, that's disgusting and I will not stand for it. And to think of if a man walks down the street in a stress that him uh, in a dress and he might get like abused or something or or shamed out loud just because of that mm-hmm. like you know if, a couple a few hundred years ago women couldn't wear jeans or pants and like it I, it kind of like reminds me of the woman that tells her 13 year old daughter like honey don't cut your hair short boys won't like you like and she's like mom I don't give a fuck about boys right now kind of thing like it's almost like now this generation is becoming those 50-year-old mums telling their daughter, like, you need to dress more girly if you want to fit in um, back in, you know, 30, 40 years ago. Again, I just think it's different, say, if a man's walking down the street wearing a dress when it's sort of propped up on the cover of Vogue magazine, mm-hmm. which is the sort of arbiter of culture. It, one of the arbiters, well, it yeah. doesn't have the same cultural power. It did. Yeah. Now, I'm sure there's also a lot of marketing and PR behind mm. this, whether or not Harry yeah. genuinely is trying to express a political point. I doubt it. He's just a superstar and can do anything. And yeah, exactly. whatever he does, it's going to be attractive. It's going to turn heads. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's Again, it's more it, it, what it symbolizes and what it represents. And I totally understand that men who are having this irrational anger and and furious defensiveness mm. are ironically being quite emotional yeah <laughs> and need to be yeah, a man that's about it like, that's yeah. just, that's, yeah. they're acting like kids yeah um but i don't think all the criticisms of that that newer culture that's that's calling out toxic masculinity which i think a lot of it 
can be good, but、mm. I question some of it. That's all. Yeah. Whereas I'm then thrown in the same camp as that man who's like, "Oh, this is perverted. Yeah, Fuck yeah. this, or whatever." <laughs> and that's a bit frustrating. Yeah.、Um, oh, for sure. So, I just think there's a lot more nuance、mm. to to these sorts of、uh, issues, and I don't know if we're maybe creating、uh, an illusion for for younger boys that. You know, if you if you just wear a, this dress and 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 don't have any emotional、mm. like, there's a difference between being able to express your emotions, but then also being out of control with them. And I do wonder sometimes if、uh, it could be influential the the other way for a lot of men because I can again I although like I said I had a very unique upbringing there where I had a I guess. Pro- culturally progressive、mm. upbringing. It wasn't like my parents were hippies or anything. They、yeah. were they were still very Indian, but、yeah. there was never that those ideals of be tough and you、mm. have to do sport and you have to never cry, never show your emotions or anything like that. Yeah, that was never thrust upon me. Yeah,、uh, and then what's helped me is、um, actually adopting a few more of those traits to a to a certain、mm. degree to what I would call a, a non toxic degree. Yeah, hopefully, <laughs> yeah.、Uh, at least later in my life. Yeah. And I get the sense that there's a、uh, a lot of、uh, younger men today that are on in my camp, right? That、mm. actually grew up with pretty progressive, or not necessarily、yeah. progressive, but just not those stereotypically traditional、yeah. parents. But then they lack direction. They don't have a, a, I guess, a purpose, or they don't have goals because they were told, not directly, but sort of subversively, that. Or、uh, certain goals or certain ambitions、mm. are maybe not toxic, but there are there are toxic elements to them. So you know, if you're sitting there just pursuing success, or if you're just pursuing,、uh, you know,、uh, physical prowess,、mm. that that should be looked down upon, or that should be questioned a little bit. And I just do wonder if、uh, the pendulum is swinging too far one yeah. way, and, yeah, and. And it it could also be emblematic of a massive class divide, but also a cultural divide. Because I don't know this for a fact, but I assume in 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 lower class and and blue collar households, there may be a lot more of those values instilled、sure. into children. Whereas in your more progressive, as you say, inner west and、uh, more culturally、uh, liberal and Higher income households,、mm. I would say it's more likely that those values don't exist at all. Yeah, and there's pressure in other ways, maybe academic pressure. Yeah, and yeah. I just want wonder if we need a different strategy for helping the young men in in those、mm. situations. But not all men that are struggling are in that situation a lot, and I think that's where someone like Jordan Peterson gets a massive fan、mm. base because here's a man who's very intellectual, very intelligent, but is able to question and criticize some of the. Um, rhetoric of the the, the pro- progressive left, if you、yeah. will. That's a very broad term. There are、yeah. so many different views within that umbrella.、Mm. But for so long, any criticism of 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 that、uh, worldview was perceived as idiotic, uneducated,、mm. right? You know, right wing dinosaur, whatever it may be.、Yeah. And here's someone who's an academic and, and very intelligent, and and、mm. telling young boys, yeah, this isn't actually the answer. It's not the answer to just.、Uh, Um, not have you know, like, sort of aimlessly be 
tearing down some of the the foundational bastions of culture of the past, but maybe picking apart some of the ones that are helpful and and beneficial and and adapting them to mm. a more modern context. Mm. So basically, all I'm really trying to say is that I think there's there is a lot of nuance for sure no i totally agree and i think that we like not as in you and i but like a society we need to be able to differentiate the the difference between these traits you know that we mentioned before you know being a hard worker being you know self-determined that you said that you were trying to adapt and that helped you in your life like being Mm. passionate and hardworking. we got to stop linking that those traits equal masculinity because Mm. women have those traits too yeah and i should make that point that's that's the thing that people keep saying like well you know if he's not going to be masculine he's not going to be a hard worker he's not going to do like hello i'm a woman i'm a hard worker but (laughs) whatever and but i do understand also that swinging too far the other way like i saw a post just the other day on reddit of this father writing in being like look my wife is so progressive and we have a nine-year-old boy and she didn't want to assign him with his gender so she was kind of like you can wear this paint your nails put makeup on whatever and he just gets completely ridiculed at school and has no sense of identity um and that was an interesting insight to how kind of being it was too progressive and it didn't really you know help but then you know on the the other hand i like a couple months ago one of my friend's mums came up to me knowing that I work in like child protection and things like that. And she was like, I really need to talk to you about something that I've seen at my work um, to do with a kid. And she's a dental nurse. And I was like, okay, shit, like what's happened? And she was like, look, this this um, woman comes in, she brings her three-year-old boy most of the times and something, something happened last week that made me feel really sick. And she literally, swear to God, looked like she was about to cry. And I was like, what's happened? And she was like, she brought this three-year-old in publicly wearing a tutu and I was like yeah what what next and she was like that's it like he she let him out wearing a tutu and I'm like he's three who gives a shit he doesn't know that (laughs) that's a male or female thing like it's a toddler who cares like and if what do you think is going to happen from that he ends up gay so what like all all toddler boys want to wear dresses because they don't have this kind of ideal like the understanding of it like my brother used to wear dresses and let me tell you he's very straight he probably has children all over sydney like and new, and new south wales like i have no <laughs> doubt about that you know like we you i'm sure you as a kid may have this worn dresses <laughs> like my nephew's four he wears nail polish you know that's sparkly because he likes the sparkles not because girls do this and i want to do what girls do kind of thing like it's just this belief that it was the fact that she was so shocked about it and it was like so abhorrent that I was like you gotta be joking like of course yeah yeah that's a that's uh I would have a similar reaction to you yeah uh again I just don't think looking at those I would say that would be more of an extreme case of someone who's exhibiting I guess toxic masculinity Mm. and I just don't we got to still allow room to to question some of the ideals that are being espoused or at least looking like they're being espoused. Mm. And I think with some of the rhetoric and, and just assuming that everyone who is, uh, you know, at least maybe raising eyebrows at some of the terms or some of the ideas that are uh, being spoken about in, t- in today's discourse and grouping them in with crazies like that or yeah. like the man who's seeing a, his young son cry and being like, "Oh, you're a girl. Yeah. You're a bitch or whatever." 
that's really reductive and and, yeah. and I also think it's it's not true yeah there's a lot of really nuanced questioning of some of the uh, mm. ideals that men are being told to live up to today or at least the the confusion of what we're supposed to live up to or mm. how are we supposed to emulate the ideal in in many societies and, and cultures throughout history there was always the, the ideal person or the ideal man this is the sort of behaviors you need to exhibit and i think a lot of men really yearn for something like that and mm-hmm. it, and we just don't i don't know anymore because <laughs> you get all these mixed messages you see something like that okay there's the dress and being open with your feelings okay mm-hmm. then you see a lot of studies and things and um, all right, you want to have a job, you want to be successful, you want to be physically mm. fit. And, and and sometimes to do those things, to, to get a good job, to be successful, to be physically fit. And again, this isn't just something for, for men. Like you, mm. you do have to be in control of your feelings. And as I'm sure anyone who works a full-time job knows, right? There's yeah. How many times do we want to take a few days off and, and yeah. have a cry? But no, you can't. You've yeah. got to get yourself up and go to work. Yeah. So that is a little bit of toxic masculinity then if you will because you're you're foregoing your feelings to to do something for a greater mean and a greater purpose and and i think a lot of men crave that that greater purpose and 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 meaning and it's why so many men went to war because they thought yeah i'm i'm happy to die for my country i want to uh do this yeah uh it's why so many men and women uh do work just just break their back mm. every day mm. working for their children for their family for that meaning that has been ascribed to a, a something mm. greater something um and, and sort of abstract ideas that are more powerful than just your day-to-day emotional whims yeah and it's almost like it's a selfish thing to be thinking you know what don't feel like that <laughs> yeah like it's, you got to think bigger than just outside yourself. And I do agree with you. And with it, when it comes to like, you know, the who who do we look up to and all these different studies and messages and trends, I think at the end of the day, like it comes down to we got to get to the point and everyone should aim to get to this point of living life that is most aligned to our own like values and core beliefs and rather than looking externally into society because society is a mess like at the right end now, of the day. Yeah, everything is – it's so one side or so the other. Like just live life the way that you want to live and then you got to learn to deal with the consequences of whether that be benefits or, you know, shame – whatever but if you want to shave your head do do it can i can i just chime in there really quickly i mm. i think uh that's a wonderful ma- mantra and it, it it's it's really uh powerful and it, it evokes a lot of sympathy from me to say live life the way you want to live life do what makes you happy but there is a an argument to be said that uh at what point does everyone just living their individual best life could that be of detriment to greater society? So all throughout history, there's always been a duty to the country, okay? Mm. Maybe you don't want to go to war or maybe you don't want to do your like, civic duty, if you will, but for the good of society, you have to do that. Or uh, say something like charity and, and giving to other people. A lot of people don't want to do that. They don't necessarily enjoy doing it, but for for the good of society, they do not. That's a different um that's a very specific example there but the point i'm trying to make is at what point does individual self-actualization 
come into conflict with uh, the greater good of society? And mm. can we really foster this uh, very individualistic, and some would say utopian vision where everyone lives out their ideal truth and do- and pursues their dream and does exactly what they want to do, yet society also still prospers? But at the end of the day, there are there are a lot of people that are going to be doing things they don't want to do, but they need to be done for, for the country and... There's going to be people who, um, you know, are garbage cleaners and toilet yeah. cleaners and these sorts of yeah. things. They don't, probably don't want to do that, but uh, for society, and then they would need, or I get, I, it would be optimal to sort of give them a, a a greater ideal that they're then fulfilling. So yeah, all right, maybe your job isn't giving you self fulfillment, mm. but but the money from that job then providing for your family is what is fulfilling. Yeah. You. Yeah, exactly. That's that's kind of my belief of it. Like I do think that you can go hand in hand with supporting the betterment of the society and, and the world we live in as well as fulfilling yourself. Like I truly believe that I have lived my life, at least in the last five years, the way that I've wanted to live it and exactly how I saw myself and where I thought I'd be. I'm, I'm doing it the way I want to. And, you know, like that's – this is sound, sounding so like – like a, I don't want to sound like a dickhead, but like part of that was doing thousands and thousands of hours of volunteer work, you know, on, on suicide hotlines. And I work in the field of mental health and child protection. And that to me was f- fulfilling my values and aligning truly with myself. Whereas like, um, say like, my 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 boyfriend he he isn't so like academic or didn't want to study for like years and years and years and he was he's a landscaper and he says like you know what to be honest I could move anywhere go to the country and be a groundskeeper on a golf field I don't give a shit like that's fine I'm happy to live the simple life in terms of like career or if it was a garbage man or Janet I don't know but as long as he was doing things that he finds fulfilling mm. as well as that like you said like the supporting your family or or doing his passion and things like that so I, I do think that we can do it you know um hand in hand but I do also get your point that there's going to be some people that are like okay good advice well fuck this then like I'm gonna get out 30,000 of $300,000 loan and live in a hotel because fuck this this is my life we're only here for a short yeah. amount of time I'm gonna do cocaine off strippers asshole like you know those kind of things I do get that <laughs> but I feel like that'll be a small percentage Hopefully. Yeah, I mean that's a that's another very extreme <laughs> example, but just uh, on a on a in, uh, societal level, if there's a certain cultural trait that says, "All right, this is something you need to do," it's not even just for society, say, but in many cultures, all right, you need to do this for the family. You need mm, yeah. to make sure you appease the family and uh, not bring shame to the family. So you may be foregoing certain personal desires yeah. for the good of your tribe uh and some would say that's a better culture some would say that's uh harmful because it hurts the individual it's funny a lot of uh early immigrants well at at least my my dad and you know my granddad on my mum's side uh they really didn't like that about east asian culture this oh you're bringing shame to the family and Mm. all this sort of responsibility to forego some personal dreams and ambitions because you can't uh, make the family look bad, and yes. so much of uh, that's the value. Indians and yeah. and and, and um, especially um, uh, when you go to the Middle East as well, mm. 
they have that sort of a cultural identity yeah. where it's, it's really about it's all about the fa- and then yeah you can be gay and that will be very fulfilling but i oh, imagine the shame it's going to bring to the family that's a, again a a, mm. a very unique example but even something as simple as being an artist mm. uh that can bring shame to the family but for the greater good of the family obviously when you actually analyze that there's no real greater good at play there that's just a, this irrational belief but I would say, I don't know how you could quantify something like this, but there must be a conflict at some point oh, yeah. just giving in to everyone's individual dreams and be whatever you want to be and do what you want to do and live your life. And that eventually starts to conflict with the greater good of society. Yeah, for Surely sure. Surely there'd be a point there For somewhere. sure. Like it's easy for me to be sitting in Sydney, you know, and, and living a very comfortable life to be like, live life the way you want, follow your dreams, tell mm. tell your abusive father you're gay. Like fuck that. <laughs> like that's what you got to do. And yeah. then you know what? Next minute you're dead to your family. You, you, you're homeless. You're kicked out. You know, you don't have any money. Like you got to do things that kind of, I think that it's, you do have to forego things in life um, to make things more comfortable for yourself and that's a sacrifice that we have to make and some of us are really lucky and we don't have to forego many things that mm. to but other people are like well this is how I survive at least until I'm an adult but you know you're totally right in some cultures if you are an artist or if you come out as gay or anything like that they would literally rather pretend to their peers and friends and families that you're dead. Like they would not even say your name Mm -hmm. because rather than say, oh, my son's gay. Mm. Like they're just like, no, you don't exist anymore. Yeah, and I think that I would uh, vehemently argue against that sort of a culture. Yeah. Uh, But the the point I I guess I was trying to make is that there can be, some would say the optimal society is one where there is a, a sense of duty to... Uh, something greater than yourself. Yeah. If, if if I can put it that way. Yeah. So even say there's there's just always trade offs with things like this. I think so. Um, economic freedom, for example, less lower less taxes, and mm. uh, that sounds great. You don't have to pay any taxes, but then there's a bigger responsibility on you, which a lot of people don't realize yeah. that. that yeah. Okay, then you have to take care of your health care. Yeah. And you have to then. Uh, pay for the private roads and things like that. Yeah. Whereas at the same time, it, it sounds great if uh, the government should provide this, the government should provide that. All right, but that is taxpayers that are then paying for that. And mm-hmm. at what point then does it become too much that the government... Like, I just think there's no... A lot of the discourse of today, this isn't even just talking about mm. this masculinity issue, right? The discourse of today is so... Uh, utopian on both sides mm. once i said this is the perfect situation where yeah everyone gets xyz policies and mm. this is how everyone feels this is the culture and it's and it's perfect everyone will be happy everyone will be fulfilled and the alternate side says no all those things are terrible this we need to go more towards mm. this way no really i think the reality is that there's going to be trade-offs in any given society yeah. and any given economic system or any culture as well. Mm. And you got to, you got to, you don't have to, you shouldn't be asking what, what is the perfect society? You should be asking what is a society where the positives of that society outweigh the negatives? Mm. Because it's, I think it's a bit foolish to think that there, there's a society or there's a culture that's perfect and oh, everyone sure. will always just be happy and there'll never be any 
bad things or you'll never feel bad in your life but uh that just doesn't exist i think uh i think the the mature question is all right what are the the negative traits of a particular culture or a society mm. or or a belief and then what are the positive traits of it and how do we measure those two against each other and then then what are the what is the best culture to come out from something like this for example coming back to toxic masculinity all right it just seems that okay we want to get rid of some of these uh traits that at face value yeah they do seem really toxic that mm. men don't want to open up and talk about their feelings all right what are, could be some of the downsides that let's just have a really thorough analysis of something like this before we just create this massive um cultural phenomenon of breaking down uh traditional harmful yeah. traits of masculinity i think i think it would be worthwhile to just it would be great maybe we should do another podcast where we say all right here are some of the benefits to say conservative culture and here are the the benefits to <laughs> modern culture i'm like there's no benefits <laughs> bye well like, we've got to i think there is though yeah so that, that's of course. where we've got to be able to analyze that but then i think we'd both come to the i'd then mm. at least where i am in my life now i'd i'm at the conclusion that a, a more progressive mm. generally on most issues a, 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 a i guess small l liberal yeah cultural way of looking at the world is uh is the best but it's a very nuanced yeah um, yeah see i think that you know it kind of maybe depends on you know our framework of mind like i know that for you and in your perception of the world you do think you think big and you definitely think societal and you talk about that a lot in this podcast and your podcast with neil like it's something that you're (laughs) contemplating with uh, with you are neil (laughs) with Jordan, something that you're contemplating a lot and analyzing is kind of like this critical thinking about where we're at in the world and things like that. And I think that's great. And more people need to be able to think critically about those things. But when it comes to those traits, like, you know, like the toxic masculinity, let's let's analyze that. Let's see the benefits or, or the cons of men doing this and that. I agree that those are good, but I do think it's more important for us to be like, this is how I want to live my life. And if for me, I prefer like actually for myself, like I'm a very emotional and empathetic person, but I don't like mm. to talk about my emotions with people. And I, I very rarely do because that's just something that I prefer. Um, and, you know, for when it comes to men, I think it shouldn't be like, a, what's the pros and cons of this and that? I think it should be like, this is what's going to make me feel the best. This is what's going to make me feel empowered. This is what's going to make me feel sane and and safe and and mentally healthy. Like this is what is going to benefit me. And when I say like live your life the way that you want to, I mean in a way that when you when you reflect and you you're reaching a state of like more self-actualization, you're kind of coming to this point where you realize actually the benefits of life isn't cocaine off a stripper's asshole and money and and bitches and cars kind of thing. So it is those fundamental, you know, helping people or empathy and reaching that you know level of awareness can you can better yourself and society at the same time. Well, that's the <laughs> yeah. that would be ideal. Hopefully. Yeah, that's but, the goal. That would be perfect if everyone is personally fulfilled, mm. but 
they're personally fulfilled by uh, by helping others and by being altruistic. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, you do have to deal with the cards you're dealt with. And, you know, there, there'll be people listening in on this that are, are living in, you know, a very uncomfortable situation or an abusive home being like, well, what the fuck do you want me to do about this? Like, you yeah. know, it's not a matter of get up and go out and get a job and go to the gym of and course. life's going to be fixed. Like, it's kind of about you got to you got to work with what you got and whether that be I'm going to take 10 minutes of my day every single day to stand outside put my feet on the grass and think hang on i'm human i'm here and i've got through this day if that's a win for you that empowers you then that take that moment you know it's just the little things that we can do for ourselves that i think are so important and as a man if that's expressing yourself or not expressing yourself or wearing a dress or whatever as long as it's not illegal go for it Mm. i think yeah yeah well, that got, got very deep at the end. We <laughs> talked about some deep. different, uh, <laughs> broader concepts more so. Yeah. Mm. yeah, well, to conclude this one, I, I, I suppose I, I just want to hit home again the point that it, I, 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 if there are people listening who maybe have a view that is similar to Eliza on, on certain issues like Harry in this dress or mm. <laughs> that's just such a one little thing that happened but there's a general culture yeah. of hey this toxic masculinity is 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 bad i just think listen to the intelligent people who may be questioning and criticizing it and don't just assume they're coming from this uh uh brainwashed culture where they've just been told to think mm. uh men crying are evil i need to bash that out of my son or whatever <laughs> because there are there are different <laughs> yeah those views are going to exist and, yeah. and that sucks but yeah. there are different views to that that would be on that may disagree with you mm. i just would want to uh, so true you got to be open and curious to all and it, it just because we think one way does not mean it's the right way yeah and like you have been on, yeah. on this podcast uh so thank you thank you you're welcome good teamwork um, uh, so, ladies and gentlemen, that brings us to the end of the Sex Cells podcast. Subscribe and comment, share. If it's a positive comment, comment. <laughs> if it's constructive criticism, you can comment. But if it's a personal attack, you have the right to comment. Just don't. But don't abuse that right because you'll be shamed for it. Will you really find it that fulfilling? And it's not. And it's not free speech if that you're shamed for expressing a bad opinion. Sorry, it is still free speech. That's what I meant. <laughs> it, it, you can't say, well, my free speech. If someone says your free speech is stupid. <laughs> That's true. Could All be right. me. <laughs> All right, we'll see you next time. See you next week.